Today, we are visiting a very special place. We are located at 207 Elm Street, in the corner of Elm and Essex Streets in the city of Holyoke, Massachusetts. This is a workshop, in the lower level of an apartment's building, where different activities take place every day. As I walk in, I feel a warm and welcoming vibe in the room. There are three loom machines, and each one is being utilized. In the next room, there is a group of women sitting around a large table, weaving and having conversations while their hands seem to be flying by themselves in a sequence of movements that are creating a new piece. Some of them are working together in pairs in what it looks like a process of teaching and learning by doing. Everybody is busy, but they all feel relaxed, comfortable, and happy. This is the space of Artesana, a non-profit social enterprise specializing in the creation of high-quality handmade products. Utilizing different weaving techniques, the participants have the opportunity to learn and make their own pieces and also having access to creative workshops and English classes. Hey, I'm Katie Moonen. Founded a project called Artesana. It's a social enterprise project in Holyoke dedicated to building a more just and sustainable world, working in partnership with women in Holyoke. Hola a todo el mundo, mi nombre es Katie Moonan, soy la fundadora de Artesana, un proyecto que es una empresa social en Holyoke dedicada a construir un mundo más justo y sostenible, trabajando junto con mujeres en Holyoke. Her founder, Katie Moonan, has been working really close with the community for several years, and that work inspired her to develop this project. Today, Artesana opens its doors to the Radio Plasma podcast to share the story and talk about their work and mission. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashi Vega. Thank you for welcoming our podcast to be here and to share a little bit about the work you're doing. It's our pleasure. So... The first question, I think it is to know how this idea began. Well, my first job out of college was uh, working for a literacy organization called Reader to Reader. They're really amazing. They're based in Amherst. But my job was with them was here in Holyoke. And it was doing a family literacy and ESOL program with parents at different public schools in Holyoke. And through that work, I connected really strongly with the Holyoke community and really was inspired and humbled every day by what I learned, the friendships I grew with the parents that I was working with, just their determination to find a way forward for themselves and their families against all odds. And then at the same time, it was just really discouraging to know how high those odds were, how many disadvantages most of them would have to overcome. Learning English was a great first step and at the same time, to really advance, to have the opportunity to advance forward is very difficult. There's a lot of barriers for adults um, who are starting on that path, you know, who are, in, you know, moving to a new place oftentimes, trying to figure out, trying to find their way. So I, I got more and more sort of committed to, to trying to support their process, trying to create more opportunities. And um, I also have an arts background and really have always loved trying to build up opportunities for expressing creatively and engaging with the arts and you know accessing arts, getting to see high quality professional arts performances and expositions I think is really important. So 
we always did different sort of art stuff in the parent program. And one of those things that we started doing was weaving. And um, it worked really well because it was very accessible for people. It was not something that was, you had to like, there's a super steep learning curve, not like painting or learning an instrument that you have to put in a lot of time and training to get to a high level and feel like a, a lot of satisfaction with what you're able to produce. Obviously the same is true for weaving. The more time you put in, the more complex your work is and the more fine your work is, but you can qu fairly quickly create something that is satisfying. And so we started doing it. People really loved it. And then I ended up moving on to a different job that was in Springfield and at the same time wanting to continue the weaving as an independent, as its own thing, as its own project. So we sort of separated from the parent family literacy program and became an independent community-based weaving program. Um, and our first space was at the Sergeant West Community Center in the Flats. Sandy Rojas, who runs the spot, was really generous, let us have um, a corner of one of their spaces, and that's where we were based for the first year that we were independent. And then a year later, we they needed their space back and we needed to find a new space, and we were able to forge a partnership with Old Holyoke Development Co Corporation to have this space available, which... It's been a little over a year now, and it's just been huge because we were able to grow from two looms to five looms, from maybe like 10 or so people that we had the capacity to help at a time, or rather not to help, to engage. Now it's like we have, we've more than tripled the amount of people that we work with. So it's been, it's been a great journey. <laughs> and it looks like a process of evolution as the idea started with something to enhance and give a little extra for the community you're working with. So this project has been changing and growing, and that also comes with a name that I believe right now it is a really powerful one that shows exactly that process taking place and talking about growing in, yeah. in all that meaning. Absolutely, that's correct. It, the original, when we started, it was to sort of fulfill a need for more community space, a way to maybe build community or strengthen community, and also, like I said, creativity, be able to have an opportunity to do stuff, creative stuff, and um, which I've always thought is really important and it's proved to be very gratifying. It's very therapeutic, it's very fulfilling and satisfying. And that was the original sort of reason behind it, but at the same time, I did have a dream that it could also one day maybe yield economic opportunities if we were able to transition to a social enterprise model at some point. So it started just wanting to create more opportunities for community and creativity, but the goal slash dream had always been, wouldn't it be amazing to have a social enterprise that could also create something else that's needed, which is economic opportunities. So we started just an informal community group and eventually started, we were like, okay, we need a name. We started using the name Tejo Holyoke. And for about a year, a little more than a year, that was our name. And we became a little bit known. We did a few events and sort of, you know, reached out here and there to the wider community, started building up a little bit of a presence, I guess, with that name. And then we decided more recently that we wanted to come up with a name that was going to allow us a little bit more of our identity to be reflected. And so we, we changed our name. And now our name is Artesana, which we're really happy with. It means female artisan in Spanish. But also within that, it contains two words, arte and sana. Arte meaning art and sana meaning heels. So together, it, it expresses art heels, which is really one of our core values and our core understandings that the role that arts and creativity have um, in social transformation.
Mi nombre es Felicita Rivera. Me gusta aquí porque aquí estamos todos como hermanos. Aprendemos muchas cosas aquí también y nos tratamos bien como hermanos aquí. Y si uno está, cuando uno está en la casa, uno se ensorra y, y viene aquí. Yo lo digo por mí. Yo me ensorro en mi casa, a veces me siento con depresión y me vengo para acá y se me olvida todo. Y sigo cosas que contar las muchachas aquí y eso, conversamos y como te digo, estoy con hermano. She is Felicita Rivera. She likes this place because it feels like being among family members. They learn many things and they treat each other as family. In her case, coming here is good because she gets bored at home and feels depressed. But when she comes here, she forgets about all of her worries. She likes to spend time with the girls, as she calls them, talking and being together like siblings. Anabel, pues fíjate, me siento bien. Yo sufro mucho de depresión. Y fíjate, busqué, estaba buscando un local para reunirnos y, y aprender. Pues yo decía, nunca voy a aprender a tejer. Y fíjate, la experiencia es bien, bien excelente. Me he sentido bien, cómoda. Hay un ambiente de amistad. Conozco amistades, eh, hacemos grupos, nos ayudamos. Y la experiencia es bien, bien agradable y me siento cómoda. She is Annabelle. She feels good being here because she suffers from depression. And she was looking for a place where to gather with other people and learn new things. She felt like never was going to learn how to weave. And the experience here has been excellent for her. She feels good, comfortable, and there is a friendly atmosphere in here. She made friends, they all help each other, and the whole experience has been pleasant. Me llamo Diana Rodríguez. Y ahora mismo pues estoy haciendo unos covers para cojines. Y me gusta hacerlo. Me gusta mucho hacer esto. No sé qué, qué tiene que es como relajante o algo. Es bien, bien emocional para mí porque yo soy una persona que siempre está mirando para el techo en mi casa. Y entonces esto como que me levanta todos los días. Sé que suena raro porque a lo mejor alguna gente piense que, ¿sabe? Que, ah, pero tejer no es muy, muy exciting que digamos, pero para mí sí. No sé qué tiene... Este sitio a lo mejor son las muchachas que me hacen sentir también como en familia. Pues me hacía falta algo así. No, no, no puedo ni faltar ni un día. She is Diana Rodriguez. Right now, she's making pillow covers. She says she likes to do this. She doesn't know what exactly it is, but it makes her feel relaxed. This is too emotive for her as she's someone who can be idle at home. But coming here drives her to wake up every day. It may sound strange and some people may think there is not much excitement on weaving, but for her it is. It may be because of the place, the people in here that makes you feel like family. One thing is for sure, she needed this and she can't miss even a single day. During the conversation that I had with some of the participants, pretty much everyone mentioned how much these activities impact them in a positive way because they feel motivated, they don't feel depressed. It helps them to feel engaged, productive, happy. How does that translate to you as part of the goal of Artesana? 
Yeah, well, I'm really... For me, the best feeling in the world is to know that that's the experience people have here because that's absolutely what we want. I think that in order to have a life of dignity, which every human has a right to, dignity means contribution, having the, a way of contributing to your community, your family, and to yourself, right? And it's something to do with self-determination and being able to contribute your own strengths and talents to improve your own life and that of your community. So I think that's a big part of what we do is that, yeah, people receive a lot of opportunities, but they're also, the reason it's, I think, so amazing is because they're also giving so much. Their own, it's a way to sort of tap into a lot of the talents that are sort of in the shadows sometimes in, in, in a society like Holyoke or like the world where there's a lot of barriers, whether it's language barriers or socioeconomic barriers, to people plugging in, being able to be contributing, you know, active members of their community. A lot of times there's too many barriers and people end up very isolated and very cut off and, you know, their ability to, to contribute is very hindered by those things. So this is very much about activating the talents and the skills that are here in the community, giving them an avenue for exercising them and contributing. So what happens in here for someone who steps into the workshop, what they can expect, what activities are taking place right now? <laughs> Yeah. So we have three main things happening right now. One is we're offering free English classes, and um, those are twice a week on Mondays and Wednesday mornings. And those are open to everyone in the community, women and men, who uh, are in need of English class. And we, pr we do prioritize access for folks from disinvested communities with everything we do, but it is open to everyone. So there's the English classes that are available, which I think is very important because every single organization or agency that offers English classes for adults has a very long waiting list. There is a huge need and it's not always being met. So we're very happy to be able to to do that here. Um, and then in addition to that, we have the community workshops and those are every Tuesday and Thursday. So also twice a week, free space, come in, learn something new. Those workshops are centered around creativity. Right now we're focused on fiber arts. So doing crochet and knitting and weaving, of course. And in the future we want to expand. So the next thing we're going to expand to is jewelry making. And again, the, the model for that is activating the talents that are here. So it's going to be always led by somebody in the community who has a creative talent that they're willing to share and teach others. We'll make the materials available, the space available, and they can contribute. They can help others learn how to do that craft. And then the third thing is, is a social enterprise. So the enterprise itself is being sort of headed up by a smaller cohort of women. It's myself and five others who are engaged in the process of building up our, our business. And what happens there is we're producing a set series of designs that we're going to market and sell through our website. And that will generate direct income for the weavers and also support the, the other stuff we do, which is the English classes and the creative workshops. So right now, this part is producing different things that are part of the process for them to learn, keep creating, and at the same time, making something that can be offer to the community. So what are the type of products that you are producing right now? Thank you for that question. We are launching our business formally with a Kickstarter campaign and um, our products are pillows. So it's actually um, decorative accent pillows and they're 100% made from recycled t-shirts. They're beautiful designs. We have four different designs in different colors. They're really wonderful. They're very durable thick fabric that you know will last a long time and always sort of maintain the quality of the fabric. So when you mentioned these pillows are made using 
t-shirts. Mm -hmm. How this process works? Because for for many of us, that sounds like how do you make something totally different yeah. out of a t-shirt? Yeah. So basically, we collect donations of t-shirts. We rely on donations, and we're always looking for more donations. We've had college kids do t-shirt drives, or we've had boxes in community, like at the YMCA in Holyoke or different places. Um, we take in those donations. We get them um, washed and sanitized with the process, but it involves ozone and Everything is clean after that. So we take those, and those are the ones that we use for making the products that we sell. And the process goes like this. You take a t-shirt, you cut it in a certain way that it becomes one long strip. And you'd be surprised, actually, how much uh, material is generated by a single t-shirt. And it's those strips that we use to weave on on our looms. In weaving, there's, a, there's sort of two main uh, elements. One is the weft and one is the warp. Our weft is the t-shirt, and the warp are um, cotton warp threads. So far, how has been the reaction of people able to actually see and have access to the final product? Yeah, people have been really, we've had great reactions with the, the pillow designs, like the, both the, the feel and look of the pillow, but also the, the designs themselves. And, um, you know, we're really proud of, of what we're making. We think they're really beautiful, unique designs with handmade quality. You know, it's not everybody who can offer handmade in the USA, sustainable product with a strong social impact and that's what we're doing so definitely this is something that could create a new type of market especially that could support people participating in, in these workshops and, and possibly to start their own business as well right absolutely so it's exciting for us to be starting this chapter with the with the business and that's really key to what we want to do we want to develop more sustainability holistically right so the products we're making are sustainable because they're repurposing something that would other be waste otherwise likely be waste. Just to give you an idea, Americans buy over 80 billion new articles of clothing every year. And of those, almost 15 million pounds get sent to landfill. So when you donate your shirts to a thrift store or whatever, you're donating your clothes, only one in 10 things that are donated are actually sold and, and you know used by someone else. A lot of that gets sent to the landfill because they just can't sell it. So this is a way to recapture some of that textile waste that is generated. So it's very sustainable. And then um, as far as the entrepreneurial spirit of it all, it's definitely an important piece of what we do. We're very collaborative. We co-create and co-design our, our process and our vision is very predicated by what we all think should be happening here in Holyoke. It's all about kind of the, the community-led aspect. I'm, I see my role as really accelerating and supporting the vision of community leaders who are of the, the community here, the Latinx community in Holyoke. And um, working together to start the business has been an amazing um, journey and we're hopefully soon going to see sort of some fruits from that. But at the same time, like even with the community workshops, our, our plan is to sort of allow people some opportunities to kind of test drive an, an entrepreneurial project them, themselves because it's kind of like a free-flowing, you can pick your colors, you can make whatever you want, but there are going to be, at some stage, we're going to have certain projects that people can choose to make, which are going to be really, you know, things that we suggest are very marketable and sellable, and we're going to create, help create more opportunities locally for those to be sold, and that would be their own, you know, some supplemental income for themselves. So that's very different from the business, where we're only making things that we have, you know, we're owning each design and producing specific designs. With the community workshops, everyone has their own creative license a little more, but it can also lead to a little bit of a, like a little side side cottage type business for them if they're interested, right? It kind of depends on who's interested in taking it there. 
So at this point, in order to keep the work flowing, you mentioned before that many of this is thanks to donations. How can people help towards that goal? Thanks for that question. We always need t-shirts. Please donate your t-shirts. Please have a community t-shirt drive at your place of work or your school or anywhere that you think would be a good place. It's really quite easy. You just have to set up a box. We can provide some posters or flyers to help you, you know, let people know what's going on and it really makes a huge difference. So t-shirts is one thing. I mentioned we have a Kickstarter campaign. We'd love all the support that people could with sharing it, telling their friends and family, telling their colleagues um, about what we're trying to do. And, you know, it hinges on, on support, right? There is a growing market for ethical and sustainable products, and we're really relying on that. And we want to connect with as many people locally who, who are into that, who see the value of having a fairly made, responsibly made product that is generating a strong social and environmental impact. Is there any place right now where people can see some of the designs, uh, know more about the program and, and the activities online? Yeah, we have a website. It's called artesana.co, not com, but co. <laughs> so artesana is A-R-T-E-S-A-N-A. -A. Uh, please visit our website. You can learn more about everything we're doing. Currently, there aren't too many actual product pictures on there because we're still getting ready to, to launch, like I said, with a Kickstarter. So originally, all our, our sales will be through the Kickstarter. And then after that wraps up, we'll transition to selling through our website. You can always see pictures of everything we have available for sale on there. Any other presence that you have online where people can can look look up, contact, <laughs> reach out? Yeah, please find us on Facebook as well, Artesana. And um, we're working on Instagram and Twitter accounts as well. So depending on when you hear this, please check those out as well. It would just be Artesana. And... You know, we're also interested in selling at local events, so if anybody has an event coming up that they need people to be um, selling local, maybe artisan stuff or craft stuff, we would be interested in talking to, to you about that as well. How do you envision this project a year from today? Ideally, we will have seen a lot of success with our business, so that's what we're really focusing on right now is for the first time marketing and selling a larger volume of products. So ideally a year from now, we will have gotten through that first launch period and, and have a sustaining ongoing, um, you know, sales happening. Um, also, I would love to continue um, having a strong attendance and having a strong value for the community offerings, which is the ESOL classes and the community creative workshops. Something that is sort of looming on the horizon is our space. We're, we're so lucky to have the use of this space donated to us for now, but that's not forever. It's going to wind down in the spring of 2017, so we need to really lo relocate and just thinking a lot about how to, how to be able to do that. So this is a really important project, something that shows how much power a community can get, do, create and receive at the same time and also speaks of how much it is needed a space like this not only for the purposes of entrepreneurial development and community engagement but also to help community to cope with situations that actually cover the mental health issue that is really big and something that we need to take care with more detail here in the community so i believe artesana right now it is a really powerful tool and everybody must embrace it. So thank you, Katty, for doing this project. I believe it is a real inspiration. Oh, thank you. La comunidad de Julio necesita este sitio. 
para que las muchachas tengan algo que hacer o por lo menos aprender eso de que empower themselves hacer algo porque a veces uno como mujer piensa hasta aquí llegué yo pero eso no es verdad tú puedes seguir y no solamente mujeres también los hombres pueden tener ¿por qué no? ¿verdad? so Julio definitivamente necesita este sitio y más gente debería de venir a least to check it out y mirar o sea que se hace aquí porque créeme you're gonna get hooked up you will The Holio community needs this space for the ladies to have activities to do, something to learn so they can empower themselves. Because sometimes as a woman, you think this is it for me, this is the end of the line, but that is not true. You can keep going on and not only women, men can also learn how to weep, right? Why not? Holyoke really needs this place and more people should come here at least to check it out. And as Diana says, trust me, you will get hooked up. To know more about Artesana's work, you can visit their website, artesana.co. That is A-R-T-S-A-N-A dot C-O. Also, you can follow Artesana on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also find Artesana's information in our website, radioplasma.com. We want to thank Kani Munen and all participants at Artesana for welcoming the Radioplasma podcast to be produced at their space. This is the Radioplasma podcast, a space dedicated to the exchange of ideas. Conversations, stories, music, performances, and randomness. Listen at radioplasma.com. Also available on iTunes and Stitcher. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashi Vega. Thank you for listening.